I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone and welcome to pick a flick the show where you pick a film and we talk about it simple except today we are going back into the realms of television as this is our pick a tv show second special i'm tony black your host and i'm joined by my old mate matt latham thank you for having me tony it feels like it's been an age since i was last on a podcast of yours i know it's it's it's, it feels like minutes. <laughs> it's, almost, it's not like we've recorded a podcast for a different show at the same time as this, is it? I mean, the very yeah, idea. Yeah, it is, actually. Oh, right. Okay. Never mind. Yes, we're uh, combining forces to do a couple of things. And we're going to start by talking about um, a show in particular uh, that is an enormously popular show from the 1990s. Do you want to tell everyone what they already know <laughs> <laughs> and tell them what show we're doing? The show we're going to talk about is a little-known show you may have heard of. Mm. Called Friends. which was an American television sitcom created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, which originally aired on NBC from September the 22nd, 1994 to May 6th, 2004, lasting 10 seasons. The show starred Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry and David Schwimmer and revolved around six friends living in Manhattan in the 1990s and, as I say, into the 2000s. Friends received critical acclaim throughout its run, becoming one of the most popular television shows of all time. The series was nominated for 62 Primetime Emmy Awards, winning the Outstanding Comedy Series Award 
in 2002 for its eighth season. For its eighth, wow. Yeah, which isn't, yeah. <laughs> the show ranked number 21 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time and on number 7 on Empire Magazine's The 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. In 1997, the episode The One with the Prom Video was ranked number 100 on TV Guide's 100 Greatest Episodes of All Time. And in 2013, Friends ranked number 24 on the Writers Guild of America's 101 Best Written TV Series of All Time and number 28 on TV Guide's 60 Best TV Series of All Time. And Mundo Estrano in 2014 ranked it the best series of all time. So what? Mundo Estrano, which uh, is a monthly fun facts magazine for... Brazilian teenagers, so a, a, a very, very big publication. No disrespect if you're listening from Mundo Estrano, good for you. But anyway, the point is, Friends is critically lauded, critically, critically loved, and on hard rotation <clears throat> on Comedy Central in the UK at least, and I'm sure in America because obviously it had 200 odd episodes. So it will be in syndication and it will be running, I think, forever. You, you pretty much could have a Friends TV channel, I think, and it would, it would, it wouldn't be a shock. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that come the nuclear holocaust, the cockroaches will just be watching Friends. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Now, if I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who didn't watch Friends, really. I mean, funnily enough, actually, I say this. I worked uh, somebody at work who I, I work with who's probably like ten years older than me, fifteen years older than me, like late forties, has never watched it, and that shocked me because that person would have been twenties when Friends was airing at the beginning mm-hmm. and through the nineties. So, I suppose, is it, is it as popular and is it as beloved as everyone remembers? Well, it got 52 million viewers for its final episode. 52 million? I think it's 52. 52.6. And let's just fact check. Is that, is that just in the US? I think that was the US. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Yeah, 52.46. Flipping heck. The one before was like 24.51. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, thought, that's insane. Like when you think about what we're sixty million people in the UK. Yeah, that's effectively the almost that's, the entire yeah. population of Britain. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, and that just goes to show its popularity. Considering it never really cropped above like third, like occasionally cropped over thirty on its yeah. big episodes. Yeah, yeah. And it was averaging around twenty. 22, 23 million a week. 23 million a week. Which is which still stupid amounts. Especially when you compare it to today. When yeah. like some shows on the C on the CW are getting renewed on below a million. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it was a juggernaut, wasn't it? You know, it was oh, a, it was, a, it was a, a, a cultural and a juggernaut. But b- before we get to talking about that, let's let's go into a little bit more about the premise because for those of you who've never watched Friends. I don't know if you exist <laughs> beyond that one person I've spoken to. I'm, 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 I'm quite. Con- I'll be quite concerned if we've somehow managed to tap into an audience who've never uh, seen Friends. Yes. Wow. If you are out there, let us know because I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't quite believe it. But the premise is that um, in the pilot episode, Rachel Green, played by Jennifer Aniston, flees her wedding day and seeks out her childhood friend Monica Geller, who's played by Courtney Cox, who's a New York City chef. They become roommates. And Rachel joins Monica's social circle of single people in their mid-twenties. Struggling actor Joey Tribbiani, played by Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) How you doing? Uh, Business professional Chandler Bing. I like the way they put business professional on uh, (laughs) Wikipedia because nobody quite knows Chandler's job. (laughs) That's one of the ongoing jokes. That's one of the ongoing jokes, one of the many ongoing jokes. 
played by Matthew Perry, masseuse and musician Phoebe Buffay, played by Lisa Kudrow, and uh, newly divorced paleontologist Ross Geller, played by David Schwimmer, who's also Monica's older brother. To be single, okay? I just, I just, I just want to be married again. <laughs> and I just want a million dollars. Rachel? Oh, God, Monica, hi. hi. Thank God. I just went to your building and you weren't there, and then this guy with a big hammer said that you might be here, and you are, you are. Can I get you some coffee? Decaf. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Rachel, another Lincoln High survivor. This, this is everybody. This is Chandler and Phoebe and, and Joey. And you remember my brother, Ross? Sure. Hey. <laughs> So you want to tell us now, or are we waiting for four wet bridesmaids? <laughs> oh, God. Well, it started about a half hour before the wedding. I was in this room where we were keeping all the presents, and I was looking at this gravy boat. This really gorgeous Limoges gravy boat. When all of a sudden I realized, sweet and low, I realized... I realized that I was more turned on by this gravy boat than by Barry. And then I got really freaked out, and that's when it hit me. How much Barry looks like Mr. Potato Head. You know, I mean, I always know he looked familiar, but... Anyway, I just had to get out of there, and I started wondering, why am I doing this, and who am I doing this for? So anyway, I just didn't know where to go, and I know that you and I have kind of drifted apart, but you're the only person I knew who lived here in the city. Who wasn't invited to the wedding. Oh, I was kind of hoping that wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> to support herself, Rachel becomes a waitress in Central Perk, which is a Manhattan coffee house where the group often hangs out. When they're not there, the six are usually at Monica and Rachel's nearby West Village apartment or Joey and Chandler's across the hall. Mid tw- mid twenties. <laughs> well, let's 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 all pick a few things there, right? <laughs> mid twenties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they I are mean, not. I, what? I'm thirty, and yeah, you're. I'm thirty. Three. Yeah. And Almost at 34 yeah. then. I'm ageing up. Yeah. Dying up. Uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah. They they were they were older than that though, I think. Or, or they were nearly a bit older than that. But I'm pretty sure they're younger than we are now when they're there. And when you look at that, the apartment, Monica and Rachel's apartment. Well, it's been interesting because a lot of people have said that there's no way. A, well, Monica probably could have afforded it because she was a chef. Rachel wouldn't have been able to afford all her rent because she's just a waitress. When she got a job at Bloomingdale's later on and she becomes a fashion buyer and all this, yeah, she'd been earning good money. But Joey and Chandler... Oh, actually, to be fair, Chandler... There's a running joke with Chandler's pain for Joey, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But then when Chandler moves out in, like, season five, Joey's still in... And quite often, Joey's living on there on his own, you know, at times. How does... He can't... He can't afford that, surely. And I know he's getting royalties for something. Or... Well, it must be until he until he get until the end of the series when he becomes more quite successful, doesn't he, in the soap opera world? Yeah, yeah. So he's earning good money. But yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty as to as to whether or not they could have afforded those lavish apartments there anyway. But Central Perk, which obviously is the main Friends, is very much that there are other locations, but it tends to be a very much often a two set sitcom, doesn't it? In many respects, you've got the three. Two or, th- two or three, yeah. You've got you've got the three sets, so you've got the two flats, the two apartments, and you've got Central Perk, haven't you? So Central Perk has become one of those iconic I- iconic places, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember where we were. I think Liverpool. 
Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> I remember what you were going to say. Yeah, it's Liverpool, um, and we was there for a friend stag do. Yeah. I think, and we ended up. I don't. Know, we ended up in a like a ca- like a cafe. I think we were recovering, weren't we? This was recovery yeah. in yeah. the morning, wasn't it? It's recovery in the morning. Mm. We ended up in a like a ca- cafe. Yeah, and it was pretty much attempting to try and replicate Central Perk. Central Perk. Yeah. yeah. It, Failed miserably. <laughs> it failed miserably. It just had the friends, like the menu in the friends font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Central Perk. Logo it looked nothing like Central no. Perk, did it? But then, but then you had like all these uni students sitting down drinking big massive cups of coffee. Yeah, and... yeah. But you apparently though, I was I was reading recently. They are I don't know where, possibly London or several cities around the world. They are opening friend Central Perk replicas for people to come and hang out in. Then they're going to have the whole thing looking like the friend set. So you'll have the couch. Which nobody ever sits on except them. There's a BuzzFeed article saying that, like, for years you can actually see the reserve sign. And there's a reserve, <laughs> really? yeah. The reserve, there's a reserve sign on the uh, they, table. How can they possibly do that every single time? Like, like, can that really be done? That they would reserve it every day, and that isn't there an episode as well where somebody's sitting there and they come in and go, they look at them as if, like, yeah, what? I'm sure there is, and then there that is. person or Phoebe goes, get out. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I'm pretty sure like, there's like the screenshots. I think it was it was BuzzFeed of all places. Well, BuzzFeed probably would have found. Well, it. they would, yeah. yeah. Um, where they you see throughout the seasons a little reserve sign no on the deck <laughs> on the actual table in front of them. So no. the only thing I can think of is it's just Gunther reserving it for him because one of the ongoing jokes was his uh, infatuation with Rachel. Gunther and... played by James Michael Tyler, who was a. It, what, Gunther was interesting and obviously we're going to talk about the characters later but Gunther was interesting because yeah he's in love with Rachel and it's an ongoing thing Yeah, but you ne- there's never usually in long running TV shows like this you end up getting an episode that features a character who's been there for a long time Yeah, but Gunther never got that did he? No he was always background yeah. and then occasionally get a line or occasionally a bit of farcical yeah. moment or yeah and that's like that actor's like 10 years worth of yeah. rent yeah, <laughs> mortgage yeah. that's his mortgage pay for 10 years yeah. yeah there'd be whole seasons or whole tracts of episodes where Gunther wouldn't even say anything he just, he, but he's always there yeah it's very interesting but yeah but they're saying there's that but then you've got the two apartments yeah. in terms of the sets and they're very different considering they're in the same they are aren't yeah. they yeah who was the architect of that building <laughs> I mean when you think it's about like it it's like they wedged two different yeah. buildings together but yeah but then you've got the wide open space of Monica and Rachel's apartments yeah. and the quite claustrophobic yeah. section of Jay and Monica because you, you've recently watched this is a question is there any episode where all six of them are in Joey and, Joey and Chandler's apartments there are there are there are scenes where they're all in there but they are a lot more scarce than all of them in the bigger apartment which is Monica and Rachel's mm. or Monica and Chandler's depending on where you are in the show but it never feels quite right when they're all in Joey and Chandler's mm. because it's too small. Yeah, and, I mean, it, and it, 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 yeah, it's well, and it's apartment looks like it could have fitted Joey and Chandler in them as well. The yeah, amount yeah. of times they spent in it, but it, yeah, exactly. It, it is strange, and I think it, it's the consequence of of trying to create a relatively believable set that's big enough in order to accommodate six regular characters in the same room at the same time. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, they 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 live in these these two apartments. Episodes typically depict the friends' comedic and romantic adventures and career issues, such as Joey auditioning for roles or Rachel seeking jobs in the fashion industry. The six characters each have many dates and serious relationships, such as Monica with Richard Burke, played by Tom Selleck, and Ross with Emily Waltham, who's played by Helen Baxter. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Ross. I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Emily. Hello. I'm, I'm British, you know. Well, well, never. I know. I'm, oh, wow. All British people sound like me. Wow. And if they don't, they're slurring drugs like like this. 
Oh, hello, the like, what's his face from Frasier? Daphne's brother. Daphne's brother, yeah. All right, right mate, yeah. Yeah, which is... I'm oh, from Manchester, I am, yeah. Well, have it, come on. <laughs> we'll do Frasier one day. <laughs> we'll we'll do him one day. We'll, we'll do Frasier. We'll do what Frasier one day. <laughs> well, one day, we're going to go down, sit in front of a TV, and watch that poor <laughs> person. <laughs> poor, poor Kelsey Grammer. Oh. Ross and Rachel's intermittent relationship is the most often recurring storyline. Is it? I know, shocker. During the ten seasons of the show, they repeatedly date and break up, even while Ross briefly marries Emily. He and Rachel ultimately have a child. Chandler and Monica date and marry each other. And Phoebe marries Mike Hannigan, played by Paul Rudd, who appears in the last couple of seasons. Other frequently recurring characters include Ross and Monica's parents, Jack and Judy, in Long Island. Ross's ex-wife, Carol, and her lesbian lover, Susan, and their son, Ben, and Ross's son, Ben, with Carol. Central Burt Barista had gone through, as we've said before. Um, Chandler's ex-girlfriend Janice Janice oh my god Chandler Bing <laughs> and Phoebe's twin sister Ursula uh, who's a horrible person <laughs> who actually crossed I, over into uh, is it Just you. Like Me was it Mad About You Mad About You so where's Just Like Me from are you thinking of Just Shoot Me yes you are aren't you yeah but yes. yeah that's an interesting fact yeah the character I'm sure Ursula appears first on Mad About You, which aired before Friends, and then when Lisa Kudrow got that role, yeah, because Mad About You aired from 92 to 99, and then Ursula was a character on there who was recurring, and then when Lisa Lisa Kudrow got the Friends gig, they decided, because there's an episode where the lead characters of Mad About You... Coming to Central Perk. Is it, is it Helen Hunt? Helen Hunt, yeah. And it's a, I think it's season one. They actually briefly pop into Central Perk. I think looking for Ursula or they mistake Phoebe for yeah. Ursula. And I think that might be the same one as you see George Clooney from ER. Because there's a crossover with ER as well, isn't there? Is it, is it definitely Doug Ross? It Doug I'm Ross? sure it's Doug Ross. Or, or it's a variation of, of that. Or it's, or it's not supposed to be the same character, but it's just a spoof of him, his role. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if it's actually... It might be. But so, so, so technically you could argue that Friends is a spin-off. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Friends is a spin-off. Of... Potentially. Well, actually, no, looking at the credits, he's called Dr. Mitchell in this, George Clooney. So, it, but it's, it's suggesting that there's a connection. But it's definitely in the same universe as Mad About You. Definitely. There's no question that. It's definitely a spin-off of Mad About yeah. You, technically. Although nobody, not, people, not many people outside the US would remember Mad About You now, whereas everyone in the world knows Friends. So it's one of those examples of... The, the show that sort of came out of something that es- uh, eclipsed it. The better example of that is Frasier. I think yeah. more people would remember Frasier than Cheers now, or it would be at least on a par. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a controversial one. I'm not I'm, sure about I'm, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering whether, because of the fact it aired after Friends, I think Friends was massive over here. Friends well, was maybe. enormous from the get-go, really, to the, to the point where obviously... In season four, at the end of season four, the Friends cast come to England as part of a big storyline. Yeah. I remember being 15, it was 1997 that was, where they, 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 they come to London and they actually filmed in London and they had a whole raft of British stars who cropped up from Jennifer Saunders, June Whitfield, Hugh Laurie... Tom Conti, all, all the all these people who kept you kept going. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No way, no way, no way. Um, Hugh Laurie's great, isn't he? Because he, he, do you remember he's he's on the plane with Rachel and he's just he's listening <laughs> in and he's going, I'm sorry, 
You are a horrible person. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nice piece of like the writer's self-referencing just how yeah. weird the relationship between him and Ross gone, yeah. and just how superficial Rachel could be as a character. Definitely, yeah. 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 It's just really funny. But yeah, so, so the popularity ended up extending to actually yeah. physically coming to the UK because they knew it was such a big thing. I remember there was tie-in books as well, tie-in sort of guides. There was one specifically for the Friends London episodes. I had yeah. that. I and I can remember watching a couple of things. There was a famous one where Johnny Vaughan was like the head, was the host of The Big Breakfast, which was yeah. a like a, a an early, well, not early morning, it was 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the morning, mm. a early morning variety show that aired daily. And mm. so he was quite well known at the time. And for Channel 4, he famously interviewed all six of the cast mm. individually when they were on there. But there, there was, like, a lot of... Uh, f- I think it was, was controversial at the time because, mm. like, he's, he was he was promised a good sit-down and he only had ten minutes with each of them. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, he was kind I of I remember rushed. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was... And I, I think I remember... And I can't remember if it, if, if it was the same time, but I do remember watching an Ewa special where Gabby Roslin uh, interviewed the three, like, the three guys. Yeah, that rings a bell as well. Yeah, and mm. I, I can't remember if she was actually on the set of Central Perk... But, or whether Maybe. it was something that was made to look like it but I do remember that as well God, we're digging out some old names of interviewers <laughs> this shows it was the 90s cause yes. yeah. but yeah exactly so there was there was a lot of an influence it was a big influence and we'll talk more about influences later but in terms of the premise you've got obviously these these six characters intertwining now is the reason that Friends has stayed in the public consciousness is it because of several factors firstly is it that it's such a simple premise and such an identifiable premise that we all kind of connect to it. Because we all have friendship groups. And one of the things I, I think I said to you over email when we were talking about this episode and talking about friends mm-hmm. is that if we look at the arc of friends and the arc of what it does, it goes from a group of singletons in their mid-twenties through to mostly people who have either got married or are having children by the time they're in their mid-30s, and they are all about to move on to different lives. The only one who really isn't doing that is Joey by the end. Mm-hmm. And then they unsuccessfully tried to do a, a spin-off called Joey, didn't they? Do you remember? Did you ever watch Joey? I, I remember watching some of the first series, and it's... It, it was okay. It, it was, there was it a lot worse. special. No, yeah. it, it was It was all right. It, was a, it the, could have been a lot better, I think. Well, I think it'd be interesting to do Joey on the retro box, actually, one day, because, because Joey... Was, I think he qualifies because it got cancelled in 2006. It did, it got cancelled after like two episodes, so it does qualify. Two seasons. Two seasons, sorry, yeah. Um, that's what I mean. But So it got a good 40-odd episodes probably out of it, but the problem was, just as a quick sidebar, Joey was the straight man. And uh, and the, the, in the end, the key with Friends, and the reason that Joey's always one of the most funny characters in Friends, is he's very much the comic foil quite often. He's, mm-hmm. the, he's the dimbo, <laughs> really. Oh, yeah. That's right, you take good care of those babies. <laughs> Excuse me? It's me, Joey. Do I know you? Joey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the hand guy. All right, okay, so what are we going to do about this hand twin thing? Nothing. Look, you and I have been given a gift, okay? We have to do something with it, like, like hand modeling, huh? Or, or magic. And you know NASA's going to want to talk to us. I have to get back to Whoa, 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 whoa. We could have our own show. You know, we could clap our hands together. People will love it. Huh? 
and, and I wrote a song for us. This hand is your hand. This hand is my hand. Oh, wait, that's your hand. No, wait, it's my hand. That's, that's okay. But you haven't even heard the chorus! But in, in Joey, he had to kind of be the main guy, and, and in some respects, the straight man. And, it, and the wackier characters were people like his sister and, and other people who would come in, and yeah. it didn't quite work the same way. Joey as a lead doesn't work, and it's interesting how, if you look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. I don't think any of them could have survived. Joey was probably the most likely, which is why they tried. Because he was the least developed, I think. Because he was the least developed, in a sense, and he still had some way to go. But the rest of them couldn't have survived on their own. You couldn't have had Ross... As a show, you couldn't have had Monica and Chandler raising kids because it would have the joke would have been stretched. Yeah. So is it that it represents a period in our lives, and we can see that the kind of thing that they go through is what we all go through? Quite possibly, yeah. Because it's um, when you've got, I think it's that point in your mid twenties where you've passed like the university slash college years yeah. and you've got to start venturing out into this big wide world mm. you join these characters pretty much just after, a bit after that immediate period after so they've had some time to try and settle into yeah. some kind of adult life and the touch slip paper I think is the fact that Rachel she, she I think running that from the altar that's like her last I say it's her last major immature decision but that's not <laughs> but in terms, but she of, go, she begins to grow from that, doesn't she? Yeah, it's it's the it's the light, it's the blue lit paper that she that sets off mm. her character arc. So it, which leads her to being a slightly more mature, slightly, yeah, in inverted commas, and it probably has a knock on effect for the other characters as well. So mm. like, um, so it brings her into the orbit of Ross. Mm. Uh, I think it also, add, I think it adds an almost older sister relationship with. Monica, because yeah. Monica's always been probably the more organised, it's slightly eccentric. OCD. organised one, who pretty much has an unorganised friend suddenly thrust upon her yeah. outside stuff. Um, a daddy's girl, a princess, because yes. that's, that's the thing with Rachel. They've all got very distinctive personalities, and Rachel's very much the princess, isn't yeah. she, when she comes in? Yeah, they also, those distinctive personalities, they probably reflect a bunch of different people that you know in certain groups as yeah. well. So you've got the slight, very slightly wound up one, the carefree, immature one who probably doesn't fully realise the amount of responsibility he should have. Absolutely. The, yeah. car- the very, the very career-based one who doesn't mm. really know what he wants to do. Who just, he just seems perturbed at all the time. Yeah. You've got the, the overly organised one who seems to have taken mm. at all too seriously. You've got the really tightly wound... Yeah, I've already said that. I've already said. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got the daddy's princess who perhaps hasn't really set out on her own, mm. trying to set out on her own. Mm. And you've got the really crazy, carefree, carefree one who's still lacking direction and still trying to find it in Definitely. terms of Phoebe and stuff. We all know variations of these people, yeah. don't we? And if you break them down even further, they all what they all go through is. A, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing is that. The essential main story is the Ross and Rachel romance, which mm. starts from... Because obviously they quite a few of them knew each other back in the day. And the show does actually retcon a bit to do this later on. It kind of has things like how Chandler copped off with Rachel back when they were in high school. Yet, at the very beginning of the show, it's almost like they'd never met before. Yeah. You know, there are certain things, as I was watching it, I was going, hang on, they would remember this. One other thing I realised was that they the, the amount of things that come out 
over the 10 years that none of them knew about each other. You'd think, in terms of our circle of friends, we would know that already. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a revelation that, oh my God, really? You did this or you were that? The only the only yeah. time it works is it works with Phoebe because Phoebe's got this genuinely intentionally mysterious past. Yeah. Part of which could be complete fantasy and probably often is complete yeah. fantasy because she's an eccentric. Yeah. But it works with her because, you know, she's always she's kind of that outsider figure. And there's that beautiful theory, isn't there? You must have heard this theory. Yeah, the that is actually she doesn't actually know him. Yeah, that it's all in her mind. Yeah. It, it's never it's never actually like been in the show but it's a lovely theory someone had of what if it was all just Phoebe in the corner of Central Perk playing her crappy guitar looking at these five people who she wants to be friends with and imagining her life and then <laughs> the final episode is the very end is Phoebe just watching them all go never knew them Yeah, I would have been like blimey that's brave <laughs> imagine that De- definitely yeah because there's an argument that she's severely mentally ill to some extent that she's suffered extreme abuse that they all just laugh off, and there's some. If you if you break them down, they've all got some fascinating things to them. Yeah. The fact that Phoebe potentially is a serious abuse victim who had her mother killed herself, her dad abandoned her, her she she was a prostitute. She's done every everything that could have. She lived on the street. She was a mugger. Everything. That's why she's bonkers because she probably needs a lot of therapy, really. Yeah. And then you've got Ross, who is ultimately has a nervous breakdown throughout the entire series, really for comic effect. Yes. <laughs> But he goes from a man who thought he had his life cracked at the beginning. He was married, he had a child, finds out his wife's a lesbian. <laughs> and then it all falls apart. Yeah. And then he starts to rebuild that. And then that again starts to fall apart because he has failed marriages. And he goes through a genuine nervous breakdown, effectively, and then comes out the other side of it. And it's just interesting how these things happen over the 10 years. And you can relate to it because you see it with your friends. Looking at our friendships... And we're part of a similar, the same mm-hmm. friendship group. We've, we've known these people for nearly 10 years, longer in some, some cases. Can you see a connection and a parallel to our friendship group and how it's, it's evolved to the friends friendship group and how that evolved? Yeah, well, you've got individual personalities within certain friendship groups. Yeah. And people change throughout the years. I've known, mm. like I've known you for nearly, what, 10 Ten years to in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, in longer, the flesh. longer beforehand. Yeah, and like you've From changed. Our sex yeah. cam days back in the mid two thousands when we used to do live sex cams. You gave up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, we're not so, supposed so to talk about it. Who's on the other end? Luscious Latham. As you. <laughs> who's been? Who's been on the other end? <laughs> well, that's the question. If it's <laughs> you, can you please let us know? <laughs> please email the retro box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please email the retro box. <laughs> I watched Luscious Latham. <laughs> There's a hashtag. Yeah. Luscious Latham. Hashtag Luscious. <laughs> but yeah, people have, people and circumstances have changed or have developed as characters. Well, not developed as characters, but developed as people. Pe- other people have c- come and gone in our friendship orbit and people that we know. People who knew, people that we know. There are people that we know now. No, knew. Now, now. Yeah. That we didn't know 10 years ago. Yeah. And like, in a way, the, it's the friendship groups both shrunk and grew. The only thing I think that's slightly different is that I think uh, that people's social orbits kind of change. Yeah. And friends, friends always had that tight knit six, and it never really. I, I think in a realistic world, there'll probably be neither more people going. And the pro- yeah. well, things are 
and people drift away. And but, but then in the argument being is that by the end of the last episode, is that some of them do drift away. But, yeah, but each other. in but, a way, it, it has that for spells. I mean, you could you could say that Monica and Richard, Richard was part of their orbit for a while, and he hung yeah. out with them a bit. Obviously, because he was older, it didn't last, and everything. You could say similar for people like people who didn't last very long. Though that was the thing on Friends. It, it was uh, looking at IMDb was interesting because. IMDb lists the amount of times people have appeared on the show. The episodes, yeah, yeah. And it was amazing to think of how little some of these people you remember appeared. That's why they made such an impression. Like, the, Monica and Ross's parents were in probably about 20 episodes no, of the 200-odd. No. Janice probably appeared about 15 times. Really? Yeah, I know. And, and you think, well, surely they were in more than that. But no, they would appear like maybe once or twice a season. No, the, the Janice, well, I think because Janice is one of those characters that everyone kind of, in inverted commas, hates, but pretty much loves as a foil. But you love to see her. Yeah. Because you you know when you hear her go, Chandler Bing! Immediately like, oh, brilliant. Because she appears in the last season after a break of several years. She's not in it for a while, is she? She crops up She crops up towards the end when she's having a baby and that's when Rachel's having a baby and she's in there. And then she comes in uh, towards the send. end when, yeah, she always pops up when, when things like, she pops up when Chandler and Monica are going to buy a house and she's buying the house next door. Yeah. And it's things like that. And then there's is, a is, great is, one. One of my favourites is where we don't see her, but we hear her on a romantic tape that Chandler's made for Monica. And he's taped over Janice. <laughs> <laughs> and she's on the tape going, Chandler! And all this. And, and in the middle of that, you don't see her, but you just hear her voice. So she's one of those who just crops up at the worst possible yeah. time. But in certain, that, I, I thought she would have been in it a lot more. No. Exactly. But they, they leave that impression. So the thing is with friends, the people who did crop up occasionally for, for to be boyfriends or girlfriends, they didn't really stick around. So in real life, they probably would have lasted longer and become part of that group. Janice obviously was not liked by most of them and was annoying but then we've had that <laughs> there have been girlfriends or boyfriends of people we in our friendship circle we've not liked let's be honest and we're like fucking hell but no you, you know you do that happens and it's 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 very true that friends does that and then like you say by the end they all start to go their separate ways I think with that it kind of happens all at once whereas I think with real life people yeah. drift or they move away I mean the most they still in contact and probably a lot more than usual but yeah. still They've moved away. But... Would social media have changed all this? I mean, this was before the age of... They, we were just getting mobile phones. You don't see them very often using no. those, though, even in Friends. But this was yeah. long before the social media. Of... Yeah, social media and WhatsApp, WhatsApp groups and everything. Didn't where, exist. Where MySpace didn't... was just coming online, I think, when, when Friends finished. 2004-ish. Just about was it just Possibly. before MySpace? Facebook was, Facebook was 2004, but that was when it was just for... Harvard students yeah it was, it was seven, just college it? Yeah. When 2007 when it went global I think it was more than that was it? I remember signing up for it originally in 2009 2006 they, oh ok it was, yeah it was um, 2006 the end of the December 2006 I joined originally yeah so yeah there you go so it's it was before any of that and before they social media didn't really kick in probably till about 2010 as, it, as we know it now realistically that's when it started to really this, this decade it slalomed into this complete beast before then it was getting there but friends was before any of that so would it have been different would they have would that communication between them have been different would they have gone their separate ways it's one of those weird things about how would that format work in modern day mm. I mean in terms of the TV show itself if it was done today's another subject altogether but in terms of modern technology possibly it might, it might be easy to connect with people, I, always, I can remember reading something about 
the final episode, and there's all, and there's like a symbolic. There's always been like a symbolic thing with romantic comedies in mm. terms of once they get on a plane, they're gone forever. Yeah. And there's all that, that's probably why in the eighties or the nineties you'll always have romantic comedies where the hero slash heroine is running through airport security. Don't go on that plane. We'll never speak again if you yeah. do that again. And, and quite a few times that's been used as a trope in Friends, where like the the plane and the not baggage claim, what's it called? Arrivals. Yeah, arrivals, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's been used quite a point. And it's even used as a plot device in the finale as well. In the last where, one, yeah. Yeah, when they try and run out and they go to the wrong airport. and Yeah, and Ross is desperately trying to reach Rachel. Yeah. And it, it, it was even going back to the first season, wasn't it? When he, yeah. when Rachel turns up at the airport because she realises that she likes Ross and he's brought back a new girlfriend. From yeah, China. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that, and that's a shock for everyone now. When Monday, you probably have suddenly, Rachel will probably just like her Flicking through Facebook and goes, Ross going like, in a relationship with 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 what's oh, her, what's name? her name? Julie. Julie. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been the complete yeah. shocker. So it and, have... the, and all you need to do is find a Wi-Fi connection and go, hey, Monica, sister, I just I met someone. Pictures. It, of... Exactly. Yeah. It, it would it would be very different in the in the sense there's a certain element of, and this gets onto the retro thing that timeless that 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 very not timeless that very time specific time that that friends existed. You know, it is. It does have that very nineties feel quite often, yeah. and even even when you get into the two thousands, they just look older. You know, and you do yeah. have to compare. It's interesting. You mentioned before we recorded about how the, the titles change. Because obviously, the titles have them all dancing around a waterfall. But that 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 bit's always the only thing that remains constant. That's the only thing yeah. that remains constant when they're young. But then all through the series, you see the clips from recent episodes change. So by the time we get to season ten, when you look at them when they're in the fountain and where they are now, it's like wow, they have. They really have aged, and it's, and I think one of the friend, things Friends did really well was that you saw that aging, you felt them get older, you felt their mm-hmm. their dynamic didn't change, but some of their interrelationships did. Like, for instance, obviously Chandler and Monica become an item, and the Scott Silveri, one of the um, executive producers, there was an interview, really interesting one recently, where he said that that relationship gave us three more years. It's surprising how much that re. Revitalised the show. It, it was yeah. it was in danger. It would have been in danger after about season season five was when that started. End of season four into season five, and that was the point where Ross and Rachel had reached a point where you you, you it was starting to drag a bit. Yeah, you know, and it would it and then you had luckily the Monica and Chandler thing to carry us through while Ross is having his breakdown <laughs> <laughs> after his life collapses. Yeah. You've got that and season five and a lot of season six and a lot of season seven is pretty much Chandler and Monica as the central arc yeah the Ross and Rachel thing he's, he's, there's a pin put in there yeah. a lot of the time in the last half of the show's run it's only really in the last season or so season or two that that is kicked in more oh you're uh, you're going I'm not without you lover <laughs> so this is my bra It's very, very nice. Well, come here. I'm very happy we're going to have all the sex. You should be. I'm very bendy. I'm going to kiss you now. Not if I kiss you first.
Well, I guess there's nothing left for us to do but, but kiss. Here it comes. Our first kiss. Well, you win. Huh? I can't have sex with you. And why not? Because I'm in love with Monica. You... You what? Love That's right. I love her. I love her. I love you, Monica. I love you too, Chandler. Hats off to Phoebe. Quite a competitor. <laughs> and may I say, your breasts are still short. God. <laughs> All right. So that's it. It's over. Everybody knows. Well, actually, Ross doesn't. Yes, and we'd appreciate it if no one told him yet. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got other interrelationships, like Joey and Rachel, which is the big one at the end. Joey all that's through that, the show. That's one of the more controversial stuff, which... Well, it's interesting because I think it works to an extent. You know, Joey all through the series has been a love him and leave him charmer, you know. Although, as many people have said, there's no... Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Way he would have pulled all the women he did with the lines he came up with. <laughs> you know, and everything. But... Joey and, Ch- Joey and Rachel, I think, I think there's, what they realised was there's a genuine chemistry between Matt LeBlanc and Jennifer Aniston in a different way that she had with David Schwimmer. Yes. And I think they saw that there was something there. In that Joey and Rachel, before that, you could tell... And this is another thing. You can tell when the writers are noticing things. You could tell that they saw the dynamic between Courtney Cox and Matthew Perry. And they then started writing more Monica and Chandler stuff, and in the end, they start. They actually. So yeah, you've, wa- you've watched them over the. How long has it? I started taken? rewatching them, and I'd never seen the last three or four seasons ever. But knowing what happens, I watched them from November till the start of February. So knowing what happens in the future, in the future, we like Monica and yeah. Chandler. I remember. I think I must have asked you this, but uh, before off, a while ago, before we did this, can you see any subtle? Layering, or definitely in terms of Monica and Chandler, or definitely in retrospect, where you might not have noticed it the first time. Absolutely, there's a, 
The only yeah. one I can think of is the one is the one with the jellyfish thing. The jellyfish yeah. is a big one. Yeah, the, the whole thing of peanut, and she, they they make a comment about would you would you sting me if I was a you know we were together. But before then, there's there's a scene in in the um, in the hospital when Rossi's lesbian ex-wife is giving birth. They're all at the hospital. It's the end of season one, I think. And there's a scene where Monica is saying, oh, nobody wants to be with me and she's lamenting everything and Chandler says, I would, I'd sleep with you. And they have, you know, and, and he gives her a hog and there's some, there's a few moments where it's very, they're quite seldom until season four but there's some moments where you see that there's possibility and I think they, I think they clocked onto that relatively quickly and then they eventually went, Ross and Rachel is starting to fade. Yeah. Let's give it something else. And then I think again with Joey and Rachel, I think they saw something in the actors, some kind of bat. And Joey and Rachel had, had, had a lot of stuff that was funny, and they'd started giving them more to do, and it worked. It worked really well because Ross was off doing other things, Chandler was off doing other things, and it, and they built that in. And then they knew ultimately that Ross and Rachel were meant to be, and that was the great romance of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would have wouldn't have accepted Ross and Ra- um, Joey and Rachel being the one who ended up together. Yeah. But they riot in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty million people. What? Descend, Fifty-two million people descending, <laughs> sitting on Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah, it was NBC. Wasn't NBC. It? Yeah, Rockefeller Plaza going. Where are you, Ross and Rachel? Because yeah. it was the big romance of TV, wasn't it? In the nineties, yeah. Ross and Rachel was huge. It was the big ship, as they call it, the big ship of the nineties. And also because they both start with the same name, it's really hard to sh- create one of those stupid shipper names. Yeah, like 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 race race. <laughs> Ross or Rothschild. Yeah, Rothschild. Right, yeah, Rothschild. Yeah, Rothschild. Yeah. Man, man, well, we, man, Manla. Manla. Yeah. <laughs> with Rachel. <laughs> it would have worked. It would have worked with um, Ross and uh, Joey and Rachel. You could have had Jachel. That would have worked. Or Rowie. Or Rowie. Yeah. <laughs> Look a fish. But yeah, so they had to. They had to give that ending the way they did. And but I think I think the dynamics evolved between some of them and I think it worked Chandra and Monica become a really good couple although what I think that does ironically it makes Chandler less funny in the last half of the of the show's life from once he's with Monica he becomes the straight man in mm-hmm. the show it's Ross who then becomes the best character in Friends he, for the first like three or four seasons he's really annoying quite often and he's very prissy and you know he's lovelorn or whatever when they when they turn him into a nervous wreck <laughs> And then he starts to basically have all the and the ongoing jokes of how many women have you married and all this yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. And he gets more angry at little things like somebody eating his sandwich or <laughs> yeah, or he starts flirting with women, which is some of the funniest things in Friends. He becomes hilarious and he becomes the one that they play up the farce with. They do lots of physical comedy with David Schwimmer and and Matthew Perry, who was the funny one. Chandler was always the funny one. Yeah, and it's not to the detriment of him because he had, there needs to be a straight man but it shifts it changes yeah. it evolves and I think what they did well was the characters change they do change mm-hmm. and and, it, and they get to a point where by the end you believe them and I think I think by the end I thought the last episode was very 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 good because it didn't try and show off too much it didn't yeah. try and bring back tons of people yes it didn't try and be two hours long it didn't be it was just it's the end. They're all going their separate ways. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? Did you make? Did you think the ending was? I think was the end. What the ending works in terms of symbolically ending the show, in terms of making it look like it was final, and it did that 
in quite a few clever ways. If you ignore the, you, you like as I said before, the airport drama, attempted drama, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, attempt, yeah. or attempted tension yeah. in the inverted commas. Um, you have a lot of symbolic stuff like the fact where they disassemble the. Well, less disassemble, hack into the foosball table. Yes. It's been there yeah, for yeah. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the big symbolic gesture is the fact when the whole apartment's empty and when they, they say, hand your keys in all six, and all six of them have got keys yeah. in the apartment. <laughs> and it's, it, 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 it's, it's yeah. things like that, which is more a visual type of idea yeah. that this is ending. That this is over. That quite a few shows forget to do. Yeah. in terms of when they're trying to finish. So. Definitely. It, it, yeah, and I, I think it did that really well, and it gave you what you wanted, I think, and it moved everything on. Mm-hmm. And and it was just, it was a good payoff for, for a show that I think was consistently good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, the, the, one of the things we talked about before was having lists of best or worst episodes, and it's very difficult with Friends to actually come up with worsts, even bests, really, because they have a, a sort of a, a general sort of consistency with them in that even if there's an episode that has a plot line that isn't as good there's always something else quite often that's just, that's funny so when I was choosing elements I went for things like and it, for instance just quickly for instance the one where Chandler crosses the line which is in the middle of the arc in season 4 where he he, he sleeps with Joey's girlfriend Kathy mm-hmm. but what was funny in that was Ross's music right you know the keyboard stuff yes the, yes dum, 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 dum. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes <laughs> it's little things like that yeah it's the the way that the episodes are structured is I think people can't recall certain episodes but they will remember moments and bits mm. or key lines and there are there are loads and loads of moments there's tons, there's tons. but there's also ongoing storylines where people say oh I like the one where so and so and so and so happened yeah, and it yeah. was probably a B or C plot yeah definitely and, and you yeah. say well, so what happened what else happened in that episode in terms of the A plot and they probably wouldn't be able to no no, no it's tell very you. difficult yeah. to remember sometimes yeah I mean and I think in terms of actual episodes trying to think I can think of I got two Single episodes. Because <laughs> you said you said to me, "I want you to have five best and five worst." Which was a difficult ask because yeah. I don't have five worst. Yeah, so. and it's, it's it's one of those few series where because it's actually a lot more serialized than you think it is. Yeah, quite often. Yeah. And the way it's structured True. is that even some of there's always probably at least something in each episode that's hilarious, yeah. or at least one plot line that's quite good to watch. Definitely, which cancels out some perhaps less interesting ones. The two the two that I have. Uh, the one where everybody finds out, which is a bottle episode. Yes, that's very good. A bottle episode. Yeah. High five. High five. Yeah. Um, which is actually very well done. It's very where um, and it's all done in real time, and yeah. it's when Ross has <laughs> has that speech was given. Everyone's trying to get ready, and and yeah. there's that and there's that great stuff. There's the the ongoing bit with Monica on Richard's phone, and yeah. the bit with the Hummus on. Baby's dress, and the best part is the whole Joey and Chandler when they're about wearing everyone's clothes. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. Joey comes in. I'm wearing everything you everything own. Everything you own, and I'm going commando. <laughs> Starts doing squats. <laughs> is that the one at the end where Ross sees them in the window having sex? No, no, and he that's... goes, "Get off my sister!" Like that. Is that another one? No, no, that's because that's season five. This is season three. This is like the second episode of season three. Oh, okay, what, I the, see. Because there's a, no, there's a bit. Because it, what it is, the end of that episode is actually separate. Because it's actually at the gala. And there's oh, a whole I thing see. about Joey and Chandler sitting on the same seat and nicking each other's seat. Yeah. And then there's like this massive 
guess that like Ross is trying to impress that sits in Chandler's seat. That's it. And then Chandler's like, you're in, you're in my seat. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is, I think that you've got this one, and I think it's the right one, is the one with the embryos. Definitely. That, that's, that's the one. If I had to pick an episode that I think is brilliant throughout consistently, it's that one. Because it leads to perhaps one of the funniest arcs. Yeah. In which, and cause if, if you're unaware, yeah. I have to... As soon as we mention the fact that it's the one with the the game where the boys win, where the lads win the chance to move into the... Which is essentially the B-plot. And, that, and that, that's the thing. Yeah, the, the, the embryos is the bigger story of Phoebe and, and the triplets and yeah. having birth, giving birth to her brother's kids. Yes. <laughs> Which is as creepy as it sounds. But yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's yeah, a... and it has some of my favourite moments. Like the, the one that I always remember is the one where he goes, what's the name on the TV guide each week? Chandler Bing! Wrong. Wrong. Chenangla Chenangla bong. Bong. <laughs> he goes, That's Miss Chenangla Bong. <laughs> and it's just it's just Matthew Perry's pride in that. Yeah. He goes, It's Miss Chenangla Bong. <laughs> and that smile afterwards, and it's just so hilarious. Great. <laughs> All right, the score is nine to eight in favor of the guys. Ladies, if you miss this, the game is theirs. Pick your category. It's our relative! <laughs> you don't have to shout everything. I'm sorry! What is the name of Chandler's father's Las Vegas all-male burlesque? Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> Unfortunately, that is correct. Yes! <laughs> all right, we have a tie. Luckily, I have prepared for such an event. The lightning round! <laughs> seconds all the questions you can answer you guys are dead i am so good at lightning rounds i majored in lightning rounds all right we're gonna destroy you i want to bet oh, i'm so confused as to what we've been doing so far how about we play for more money say 150 150 dollars say 200 Two hundred dollars. You're doing it again. Excuse me. Monica, I don't want to lose two hundred dollars. We won't. Three hundred? Monica, I'm just trying to spice it up. Okay, so then play for some pepper. Stop spending my money. I got it. How about if we win, they have to get rid of the rooster. Ooh, that's interesting. Hey, no way. That rooster's family. Throw in the duck, too. What do you have against the dog? He doesn't make any noise. Well, he gets the other one all riled up. Look, we are not. Right, hold on. If you win, we give up the bird. <laughs> but if we win, we get your apartment. Ooh. Deal. It's the great. It's the bit at the very end of the episode where, like, Monica and. Rachel come in this apartment's horrible and then like ch- cuts to our, our net over the road and it's like uh, Chandler comes in oh my god I've just seen the closet space I love this apartment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they oh, and then finally they've got their chairs and the lazy boys and yes. just go oh oh <laughs> yeah but it's then it's again, a great arc because yeah. it lasts a good few episodes doesn't but it but then when again in the flat. as much as that episode that moment in the episode is great that episode the like, next couple of episodes where the girls trying to get the apartment back. Yeah, it's still, it's still over a certain amount of episodes. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to encapsulate those certain things in 
episodes as well. It's so true. There's, so there's true. The, and for example, I love the bit. I love. I think I can't remember what season it is, but there's when um, Joey comes up, turns up to get a regular acting job on Days of Our Lives as Doctor Drake Memore. Yeah. But I can't remember what season I that think, is. I think he first becomes Drake Ramore in season two, and then he gets killed off by he gets pushed down an elevator shaft. Is that like they? season three or something? something like that? And then he eventually comes back as his twin brother or something like later yeah. on in the series, like season seven or something. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure Drake Ramore season two. Yeah, because he mentioned something about leaking plot lines or something. Yeah, and then you just see a, a hand going. <laughs> we'll see about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the writer, <laughs> and death, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his death scene's there going. You sure no one else wants to go with me? <laughs> yeah. He's like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Falls whoa, down the shaft. Yeah, and, and they're all watching that TV, aren't they? And they go, did they just kill Joey? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't tell him, does he? No, he yeah. doesn't tell him because he's, he's ashamed. And he's because he's he's making a good, good the good audience Because the audience knows, if I remember, the audience knows he's going to kill Doc, but doesn't tell anyone, does Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we know, but yeah, but they don't. And that's, yeah. Cause, and then he leads, there's also, in that bit, there's the one where, it's not that bit, I think it's before he gets killed off. or might, No, it might be afterwards. When I can't remember who the celebrity guest is, but there's this mm. crazy stalker that he goes on a date with who thinks that he's Drake Memore. Oh, and Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields. Yeah, that yeah, it. that's that's yeah. a good episode. I was going to yeah. say Brooke Shields, but I wasn't sure. Because she thinks he's really Drake. Because <laughs> she thinks he's really Drake, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. That was that because really really she's hot. He goes along with it <laughs> to try and sleep with her. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I think I think it's quite early on in the first season as well, which is I think one of the funnier moments, one of the first real hilarious moments is. The Chandler getting stuck in the vest. Is it the ATM? Is it vest? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. The, the with, a- the, with the Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Jill Goodyear. Jill Goodyear. Yeah, yeah. 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 He goes, I'm he... stuck in a vestibule with Jill Goodyear. He doesn't know it. He needs no edit. Yeah, yeah. And like, and I can't remember if it's like everyone's on who's so and so, and then like Joey. Is it Joey and Ross going? Yeah, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> There's also a lot of. Um, of thinking of that. There's also a lot of well-known people who crop up in Friends, aren't there? Yes. Can you think of can you think of any off the top of your head? There's a list, but can you think of any anyone who crops up? Because they sometimes have arcs. They sometimes appear more than once. Um, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, who plays the he plays someone who Monica um, Monica and Rachel um, try and fight over. Don't they? Rachel, that was it. Rachel, no, no, no. It's it's the, someone who Rachel tormented when he was a geek. And he's one of Ross's old buddies. Yes. And he's turned out to be really hot when he's older. It, because there was... Mar- were they... Well, they were together at the time, yeah. 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 They were married and at some point. So, so there's a lot of, like, intersexual humour of them. Yeah, taking... definitely, yeah. yeah. Lot She's of... really good. And it's quite fun to see him, like, interplaying... Because Brad Pitt hates her. <laughs> yes. And she has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really yeah. funny one. Then there's... I think it's George Clooney and... Oh, was it... No way. Uh, I don't think. No, or was it Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards. I think it might be Anthony Edwards, possibly. Yeah, they show up. Tom Selleck shows up. Tom Selleck, uh, who's got a major like, role in it, really. For Dustin, a while. Does Dustin Hoffman play himself in the Outbreak sequel when Marcel returns? That Joey, because I remember that one because Marcel turn returns because oh. because there's a two parter and I think it's the same one with Brad Pitt in it, where Marcel returns and he's playing the monkey in Outbreak and then Joey's got this stint as he's playing a dying patient and he can't say his lines properly, so he's there going. And then it cuts to the very end where they just cut him out and say this pa- this patient is dead. I don't know. I don't. He, he's not. He's not on my list because Dustin, Hoff, Dustin Hoffman was in Outbreak. He wasn't was in Outbreak, but I, I don't know if he's he was... in this. I know. No, you're, you're thinking. Aren't you thinking of Jean Claude Van Damme at the end? Jean Claude. Yes. Get to see what's going on here. This man is dying. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. So he's, um, he's Christine Turner play. Is it Christine Turner? Kathleen Turner. Kathleen, not Kathleen. No, Christine. 
Is it Chris? No, what's her name? Ben Stiller's wife. Oh, it, Christine. Um, the hunter. No. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, who has the? Who shaves the head? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris, she's in his... Christine. I can't remember. I know oh, you mean. Yeah, but she married to Ben Stiller. Yeah, it might be. It might be Christine Turner actually. But there's Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner who plays Chandler's mom. Mm-hmm. Chandler, dad. Chandler's dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's really good. Yeah. There's a great scene. There's a great, great scene with her and Morgan Fairchild, who plays uh, Chandler's mom, which is really sort of bitchy and it's just funny. It's just really good. Could... Who played Rachel's sisters? Because we see two of her sisters. Oh, Can you remember? I can't remember them at all. Right. One was Reese Witherspoon, and no one was Rider. No, she was in it. She plays a woman. I'm who... pretty sure everyone had been in Grimm. Well, yeah, yeah. Renona Renona Ryder's in it because she plays an old friend of Rachel's who's always been in love with Rachel. Yes. And then yes, tries yes. to kiss her, and Rachel's like, ah! like that. The other sister was Christina Applegate, and she's very good. Yes. She's horrible in it. She's horrible. She just plays an absolute horrible person. That's an interesting cast of sisters. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... It was Noah Wyle from uh, ER, not Anthony Edwards. <sighs> The thing is, uh, everything's just probably gone out of my head at the moment. There's loads. It's Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. Yes. Who crop up in just a quick cameo in the, in, uh, the Ultimate Fighting Champion. Okay. Gary Oldman, who appears... Yes. Is, 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 is he the police officer that Phoebe finds no, a bad job? that's Michael Rappaport. That's it. Gary Oldman's in a movie with Joey and he keeps spitting on him. Um, he's in this war movie at the end. It's the one, oh, so he's playing himself, he's, yeah. He, no, he's playing an actor who's... Like like Gary Oldman, famous, but he's playing an actor who just spits because he's into the role. Yeah. He's a proper dramatic guy, and Joey just doesn't want to give up the, the the shot. So he starts spitting in his face, and he's like, "What are you doing?" It's very funny. Um, so he's good. Alec Baldwin, who's this his his appearance is brilliant because he's in two of them. He plays someone who dates Phoebe, um, and he's just really enthusiastic about everything. Yeah, and he just comes in going, "Isn't it a lovely day?" <laughs> and they end up going. Oh my god, he's too much. <laughs> he's brilliant. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. plays the, the nanny, male nanny, the manny, the manny, the the manny yes. yeah. Who yes, Ross doesn't that. like because he's too nice and sensitive. Um, Christine Taylor. That's it. Christine Taylor. Taylor. We were close. We were close. close. She's um, still married to Ben Stiller. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Susan Sarandon, who was oh she, who was in the episode where Joey. <laughs> Joey gets the brain of her character when she's dying. Yes. <laughs> she's going to die and Joey's going to get her brain. <laughs> that's brilliant. For the uninitiated, Tony's about to go into some kind of fit. <laughs> that's, just, that's just one of my favourite episodes. Um, Jeff Goldblum, who memorably appears in season nine as a method actor. I can't who, remember. In a really good episode where Joey goes for this, this audition and Jeff Goldblum's this director-actor, not playing himself, but playing an actor, and Joey, at first, does an audition well. And then when he comes back, he needs a piss badly. And he's jigging about on the spot. He's going, just get through the scene. And they mistake it for real passion. So he gives him the part based on the fact Joey needed a piss. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Jeff Goldblum's proper Jeff Goldblum-like. Charlie Sheen appears as well. He's like a long-lost lover of Phoebe's. John Favreau is in quite a few episodes. John Levitz from uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, who appears brilliantly in, <laughs> in a guy who uh, 
he's just he, he's set up on a, on a blind date with Rachel. I've just I've just remembered one of my favourite bits of the show is the one with Isabella Rossellini Isabel- and the list and, and the that, list. And yeah. we'll probably talk about the impact in a second. Legacy of Friends, but we will. That, that that scene actually that scene that the five list as well. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. the bit where like he goes, when they're trying to work, where him and Rachel are trying to work out that list, and Isabella Rosalini's on a, on his office on his, yeah. and then suddenly she appears and says, "She appears, yeah." yeah. <laughs> he goes, "It's it's not I'm on, on I'm not on this list. It's it's a draft. It's laminated." <laughs> yeah. John Lovitz though he's brilliant because he plays a guy that Rachel set up on a blind date with, and he hates himself and how he looks, and he's just the worst blind date in the world. <laughs> and he's brilliant. Julia Roberts, who gets one over on Chandler, if you remember memorably, she's the girl who he was at school with, who he taunted, and she pretends to be all into him and sexy, and they yes, have this sex, yes. and then she leaves him abandoned naked in a toilet. Yes. Which is really yes. funny. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Who plays, actually, the character in what, retrospectively, is a bit of a skeevy plotline. He's the dad of the of the university student who Ross has who Ross dates... Now I kind of feel that in this day and age, I don't like that plot. I was looking at that plot line, going, "This, this isn't good. This does not paint Ross in a good light." No. And uh, Bruce Willis appears in in that role. And he turns out to be first he's this macho guy, and then he's very sort of he's just Man broken. <laughs> I think I remember because he breaks down, isn't he? He just breaks down at the end and is, cries. Is it, is it when he cries on his lap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. Uh, so he sends himself up quite well there. Um, Sean Penn. Who plays yes. uh, Ursula's fiance? Who Phoebe? She's in it a few episodes. Um, Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi's Phoebe's Frank Junior. Yeah. yeah, Phoebe's brother. Yeah, um, and That's probably what... my favourite of all the appearances. And I don't know if you've seen this one, but without question, and it was a surprise. My favourite is Danny DeVito. I don't remember that one. He plays a stripper, <laughs> and I won't say any more. But you just need to watch the one where the stripper cries. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is that the name of the? Sh- that's the name of the episode. I think it's season um, season season ten because it's very late on because it's Phoebe's bachelorette party. Is that is it? So this is when Dan Devito's bigger and this is when he's old. This is like him in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Almost, it's just brilliant. It is brilliant. Just go and watch that. So there's loads and loads and loads and loads of really famous people who appeared in Friends. Do you think there's a town in uh, Missouri or someplace? called Sample, and uh, as you're driving into the town, there's there's like a sign, and it says, you're in Sample. Hey. Hey. Ooh. How did it go with Pete? Right. Tell us. You're not going to believe this, okay? So I go I'm over sorry. there. Excuse me. You know, it's a feeling you get, you know? Like when you go bowling and you know you're in somebody else's shoes? That's the one. <laughs> right, so, so you went to Pete's? What happened? Is something, you know, oh, yeah. Why is this happening to me? Oh, I don't know, maybe it's my wound. Forget it. <laughs> it's not healed yet. You know, it's oozing. It's oozing. Did you pass the cream? Oh, there's a cream. Thomas, this is going to be hard, but I wanted it to come from me and nobody else. What is it, eh? 
It's me. I've been sleeping with your wife. So you're the gynecologist? Hey, I'm trying to have a private conversation with you. Enough, and you are no longer my friend. We are finished. Nada, no more. You are a bastard for doing that. Get away from me. So, Monica, what were you going to tell us? I have no idea. <laughs> In terms of its legacy and where the cast went, though, finally, what do you think... Friends has spawned. I mean, if if you look back, it's been twelve years since it ended. TV has changed. Uh, the the nature of comedies, I think they they start mixing around with different formats. I think I can't think of a sitcom as big as Friends that wasn't focused on either workplace or a family unit. Yeah, and I think Friends might have been one of the first lot, one of the first sitcoms that was predominantly not about a workplace or about a family. family. So yeah, so like you got like family ties, full house. Mash was workplace when you think about it. Yeah, the work, it was, workplace was it, the Vietnam. It was what, yeah. Is it Korean? V- Vietnam, Korea might be Korea. A war. A war. <laughs> it was about some nondescript war. Yeah, that, that one of them. Yeah, that that lasted a lot less time than the show ran. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think it might be. I think it might be in Korea. I think it was Korea. Actually, yeah. yeah, but that that was workplace. Taxi was workplace. Cheers yeah. was. Cheers, my hat. But then again, that might have been a workplace because it was better. It was the, the bar, work, wasn't yeah, it? Really, yeah. That was workplace and the regulars around the workplace. Frasier's a family unit. But that's got an element of workplace, yeah. though, hasn't it? Because he's the psychiatrist, and a lot of Frasier, one of Frasier's main sets is, is Frasier's yeah. radio station. So, yeah. but the, yeah, but that's but the main a lot, pretty much three of the five main cast are related. True, the true. Four, fourth lives with them. Yeah, and the fifth is the, is, the, is only the producer who gets mixed in with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's more of a family one. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the of the sitcoms I enjoyed as a kid. The more kid based one. Sister, sister was. Like family based. Yeah. Keen and Kel, the majority of the cast was family based as well, but it was more about the friendship, but it was a yeah. lot more based on his impact, on Kel's impact on Keenan's family. Mm. Uh, Boy Meets World, again, could that be Boy Meets World? Actually, Boy Meets World, a lot of the cast was Corey Matthews' family, but it was more, was that more about the relationship between him and his teacher? Mm. But then, then again, that was classed as a, that'd be workplace and family. Whereas Friends, I, I really struggle. I really struggle to think of anything before Friends. Because when you start thinking about stuff after Friends, How I Met Your Mother, Will and, Will and Grace was probably the first friend, was the first Similar kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, that did really well. Because they probably copied a load of yeah. stuff off Friends. Um, How I Met Your Mother is definitely its, its spiritual sequel. Yeah, it definitely. But How I Met Your Mother goes into some... It doesn't end well. It, well, well, no, I know, and, and I would argue. I'm only, I've only just started it, really, but I would argue it's not nearly as funny immediately as well. And you know, yeah. it's, it's still good, but Friends. I don't think there's anything been quite like Friends since. Has that? It's, no. it's had a lot of like legacy and imitators. A lot, a lot of a lot of sitcoms. I think if because if, if there's anything there that's not focused on a family and it's more focused on a friendship group of late twenties, early thirties, mm. it's also massively assumed to be friends. And there's usually six characters. The British sitcom Coupling, which is one of my favorite, I love that show. It's one of the probably one of the best British sitcoms ever made. Yeah, I'd yeah, agree yeah. with that. Actually. Um, so, it's always called the British Friends, which, which I... Which is very unfair, because it's, it's really not. It's, it's, 
Okay, it's it's a lot cleverer than Friends. It's a lot more intelligent than Friends in terms of how the story is structured and how it's written. Yeah, probably not as not has a lasting impact. But because it's about three women, three fr- three guys. Fr- fr- Friends Friends was was not. It wasn't dumb comedy, but at the same time, it wasn't, and it wasn't lowest common denominator either. No. But Friends was very it, it, broad, broad, and it was also very accessible. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. But, rude. It was, but then, it, well, actually, it was a lot ruder than you think. Friends yeah. was a lot ruder. Almost every episode, porn is mentioned. <laughs> Guaranteed, we we were noticing this. Oh, I just porn, remembered porn again. Oh, hang on, another, another episode. There's a lot of dirty jokes you don't get as a kid in Friends. There's there really. Actually, are. I just remember one of my one of my other favorite episodes. I think it's a B plot. Where they find free porn in Rachel and Monica's, yeah, the free and, porn and, and, they, and to keep it, they pretty much forbid them from turning it off. So there's porn all porn the time, all the time on yeah. the screen. And then there's a great line where like um, Rachel's like humming something, goes, "What is that?" And then Joe's like, "Oh, that's the theme from Goodwill Humping." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this but, is yeah. it. It has. But then it's what I think. What I think um, is benefit to it is that. It's very easily paced. It's the writing's really sharp. Yeah, it is. The yeah. writing is, and considering how a lot of US sitcoms is a bunch of people in one room throwing mm. out jokes. Yeah. At once, rather than one per like the British model where the right one person kind of builds the fun. Yeah. Um, it works really well. It's very accessible. You could probably cut into an episode halfway through and still enjoy it, even though you're yeah, yeah, the yeah. first off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, accessible. That's as I say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very fast-paced, so nothing drags. Mm. Um, the characters are quite likeable as well, and yeah. the cast is spot on. The yeah, ca- they're, 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 I mean, you can't imagine them being played by no. anybody else, can you? No, that, that, that ingrained. All you, all you need to do is just mention the first names of the characters, and you know who and, they are. Yeah, exactly. They're very yeah. synonymous. That's how well-known they are as, in terms of legacy. And, and obviously, you know, all the actors went on to do different things. They mm. went on... Various successes, you know. The, the most successful one is Jennifer Aniston, you know, who's went, who went on to do a lot of shitty romantic comedy. And there's occasionally, you know, she's tried lately to be a bit more dramatic, but it's not quite worked yet. You know, she she's gone on and done a lot more. Matt LeBlanc has had a has had, has, has done the odd thing. He's done episodes, which but was, that, which I think that's that's been nominated for Emmys, which is underrated and underseen probably. Actually, I think so, yeah, but it's it's been going, it's still going on, it's still going yeah. on. And now and, he's doing Top Gear, which yeah. is just, Strange. But then again, he's he's still, I think, because Matt LeBlanc is a massive petrol head. Yeah, and I Joey's think, new Porsche was yes. a good example of that. Yeah, but like I think, Porsche. but Matt, I think Matt LeBlanc as well. He's still the fastest star in the reasonably priced car. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he still holds mm-hmm. that record, and I think, and I think he's one of these massive, massive car buffs. So I, it makes much, sense. Yeah, and I th- he's hosted the US spin-offs of the yeah. UK one before anyway. Yeah. So. um so he's done that. You've yeah. got David Trimmer who's gone on to direct certain things and has popped up in various different stuff. I, 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 I really want him to be in... I've not seen OJ versus... Yes, he's in that, isn't he? He's a Kardashian. Yeah, he's yeah. the Kardashian dad, I think, isn't he? Which is really interesting. He's He's gone on to do various I, different I, things. I, I want to see him on behind... In front of the camera a lot more. Yeah, I know. Because he, he was in he was in Band of Brothers and he pretty much stole the first steps. He was brilliant. It, I mean, David Trimmer's the one who... I would argue David Trim is the best actor of the six because, mm. as I said, Ross transforms from being a whiny, annoying character into the genuinely the one of the funniest comic characters I I've think, ever seen. I, I can't, and that's down to David Trimmer. I think as well. I, I I can't remember if this is true or not, but I'm pretty sure 
I remember because I know David Schwimmer has a lot of theatre background. And I think he's yeah. done a lot of improvisational comedy, yeah. and a lot of physical comedy. Anyway, yeah. I think he was the only one who had that background. It would make it and, would make sense. And I, I've seen people talk about David Schwimmer in that he's very technically minded, so he will know. He will think about comic timing. Yeah. And I think a lot of the physical comedy comes from David Schwimmer anyway. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. very... and Certainly in the late, late, later few years yeah. of the show. But, but, yeah, I think he's been he's the more easiest one to... He understands the stuff. technique, yeah. which, which makes sense. And, and he works for the character as well, to be honest. He's oh, the yeah. one most likely to get caught up in a load of physical yeah. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or complete frustration because yes. things are going calamitous around yes. him. Yeah. The other three, probably the ones who've ironically done the least well, like Courtney Cox... Did, did Cougar Town, didn't she? Cougar Town's pretty good. It was okay. It's it's, it's quite funny because it's from the guy who created um, Scrubs. And yeah. It's very sharp, very quick, very funny. And it's just recently ended. And it was... I, I really liked it. Um, yeah. I quite liked it. It wasn't necessarily mind-blowing, but it was still but pretty it, good. It was okay. But yeah. n- nothing to, on the Friends level. Yeah. Ma- Matthew Perry did Studio 50 on the Sunset Strip. Which and- was... Um, part of, I, I watched that Aaron Sorkin's one I, season drama wasn't I it? watched it before I watched um, The West Wing actually and mm. I quite liked it for the first bit then it turned really weird and political then I watched The West Wing and then I realised that Aaron Sorkin tried to turn it into well, The West well, Wing well I've heard a lot of people say that the pilot of Studio 50 is brilliant oh, it's br- it's a and great then it goes downhill straight away from there the second episode's okay there's a great there's a brilliant brilliant Gilbert and Sullivan mm. Gag where they where they do it because they do like a, a spoof of mm. them trying to spoof themselves and etc. And Matthew Perry Matthew Perry works really well alongside Bradley Whitford, mm. um, and he kind of gets into the whole Sorkin vibe. But um, that but then that that whole the whole uh, series dovetails into this massive five part thing about kidnapping and rescuing and international yeah. stuff, which just feels so out of out of sorts and I only fully understand studies once I watched the West Wing once you've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once and you've seen it, it felt like a West Wing plot coming into it so. well yeah and, and you know so you've got that with him and yeah. and then I've, he obviously had his very well known difficulties with drugs yeah. which which means you see of all the actors in, in terms of how they look Matthew Perry changes so much through Friends he goes yeah. Terribly thin, he fattens up, he then goes down again, you know, he, so he had a lot of that. Yeah. And then Lisa Kudrow really is... is... I'm, I'm really glad that you... <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to do, yeah. 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 She's not done a massive amount, but she's done one thing that you... She's done quite a few. Like, like, don't you? Yeah, um, she's... she's She went on, to, she went then went on to do her best role, which is a um, character called Valerie Cherish in okay. a show called The Comeback, which was co-created by Michael... I want to say Jay King, but he's... Is that Jay King? I'm not sure. Is or Michael Patrick King? Is he the guy who directed Sex in the City? He created Sex in the okay. City. Oh yeah, no, I, no. I think he did. I think he. Did. No, was it Darren Star? Did Darren Star created it? Michael Patrick King directed the movies, or he directed a lot of the TV. Episodes. Yeah, but he, he had. Yeah, well, I think he had a lot of creative input into yeah, Sex yeah, City yeah. anyway. Yeah. But they are, um, in 2005, I think 2005, the first series of the comeback was pretty much like a. It was set up as a behind the scenes. Well, no, it was like a, it was the raw footage of a reality TV show that was filming about Lisa Kudrow's character, right. Valerie Cherish, who was a 90s sitcom character from like the early 90s, trying to regain her fame by joining right. in this like really new hip comedy. And it just, and the character she portrays is kind of like desperate wannabe, desperate want to be famous again yeah. character. And, but the way it's done is that, like, because it's all raw footage, you see, you go, no, cut, 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 cut. 
so it's before it gets edited out and everything. Okay. And the nuances, the nuances in the character is so. It, it was like also like mockumentary for the US version that The Office came oh, the out, office, yeah. and so it was kind of like a slightly ahead of its time. And the performance that Lisa Kudrow gives, it's it's better than she ever did with Phoebe. And and they came back to it, I think, a year ago, no, a year and a half ago, with a second series, which followed nine years later. And again, the nine year gap worked for it. And the six episodes, after, the six episodes afterwards, it was even better than the first series. And I, I think that Lisa Kudrow probably deserves to be known more for Valerie Cherish than Phoebe. In a, in a world, it won't because well, it never happened. Yeah, but, but yeah. Her, this is their this is their defining role for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. And them. but I but Lisa Kudrow's career high is mm. Valerie Cherish because some of the stuff that happens in that series it's 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 a comedy, but then it's just it's one of those HBO comedies where mm. like Brit, like a lot of British comedy where there's a lot of tragedy yeah. and a lot of where the, where she kind of sets herself up to fail, right? And you just see cracks cracks form in this character, and it's. Lisa Kudrow's just been... I can't say enough good stuff about that film. No, not film. About that series. Uh, that series. Well, it, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to check that out then, definitely. Yeah. So they've all gone on and done various different things. But yeah, I think the, the crucial thing is that Friends is what they'll be known for. It's about yeah. people who will be there for other people. For, <laughs> when when the rain starts to fall. Yeah. <laughs> and they will be there for you. Exactly. Like, like they've, they've been, been there before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they've been there for you. <laughs> and they'll... That's all then from us for another episode of Pick a Flick, this Pick a TV show special. Just leaves me to thank Mr. Latham for devoting his time. And you can find us at Black Hole Media on Twitter for all of your Black Hole Media fixes and at Pick a Flick Pod on Twitter if you want to follow us and find out more. We're also on Facebook at Pick a Flick and at Black Hole Media. So until next time. Thanks for listening. I'll be there for you. Cue the, cue the thing, June. Yeah. Um, no, so no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke and you're broke and you love life's DIY. Shoot, shoot, yeah. Okay, go on. Then. Come on. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love life's the away. away. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. And it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. But I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to fall. I'll be there for you. What's the next line? Like I've been there, there before. before. I'll be there for you. Because mm-hmm. you're there for me too. The Rembrandts couldn't have done that better. Probably could. They did. <laughs> <In fact. laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.